episode of Real Talk with Bella. I am your host, Vanessa Coppas, and I am joined with none other than Lauren Janai today, who is the co-founder of CrossFit Fitness um, and also the co-founder of um, a new platform called Be Manifest, Manifest, right? Uh, Before we jump into all of that, I want to hear it straight from you because who has not tried CrossFit? (laughs) Um, Everybody here. (laughs) At this point, everyone. So it's such a pleasure to have you on uh, talking about um, not just about your companies, but also something very uh, special uh, that you wanted to talk about, which is self-defense for women. But I'm going to let you lead the conversation with telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in this. Uh, So take it away, Lauren. How I got started in the world of fitness or- Fitness and and yeah. Yeah, okay. I I mean, honestly, I grew up being completely unathletic and out of shape. Really? Um, Yeah. So it's it's a little bit ironic because I didn't have um, a passion for fitness until my 20s. You know, okay. when I first, and actually that passion happened, my first CrossFit type workout. Okay. I, I, um, actually, uh, trained with Greg Glassman, um, and we did a workout that was very hard and intense. <laughs> and I was like, Oh crap, this is awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never felt like this before. And I, I get it. Like I get, this is where, quality of life comes from strength comes from vitality like I just felt alive and um you know from that moment on I really just delved delved in and um learned as much as I could and you know Greg had um was a fledgling trainer at Gold's Gym and had this great concept and needed help and you know I was completely on board to help out and help grow the company and you know, it's been quite a ride. It's interesting. I actually used to be a trainer for Gold's Gym. Um, Uh So my passion for fitness didn't really start until probably my first year of college. And um, just because I was, I mean, you know, we tend, we, I I don't want to negative self-talk with, I was lazy. I just didn't really, I mean, and, and, and yes, I was lazy. I, you know, I sweating was not my thing. Um, still isn't, (laughs) although I work out about five days a week. Um, and I, I credit it to what you just said is that feeling, the feeling of overall well-being um and um kind of like euphoria right like we feel post-workout um where we want to like drag it (laughs) right throughout our entire day because we feel so good right we feel accomplished um so in um i i love learning that um you know i didn't know that this uh company was like co-founded by a woman. Number one, I love learning that it was uh, co-founded by a woman uh, just because you're more sensitive and able to kind of cater to what we need. Um, I know that I have actually one of my editors, uh, Gina, if you're listening after the recording, uh, who lives, breathes CrossFit. I have family members that uh, also have um, just really adapted and adopted this lifestyle and this way of working out 
Um, and um, which, and I have a friend in Iowa, which where my husband is from, who started a gym, um, and it is a cross fitness, you know, uh, fit fitness gym, um, and is doing really well. So I know that this isn't for everyone, uh, because it is an intense uh, type of workout. I know that for myself, what I have found is, you know, as I've gotten older, the challenge is what draws me to the workout, right? Like I want to be, I want to feel like I can actually, uh, I had never heard of burpees until I did a cross. Great. Right. Now you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Love hate relationship. What is happening? <laughs> How could this be so hard? Exactly. Like, oh my gosh, my body can actually attempt to, to do this. And this is, a, this is an exercise, like what the hell is going on? But can you speak to, you know, maybe those people who have, I, I, at the, like you said, at this point, pretty much everyone has tried it. Um, but I feel like a lot of people who feel like they can't tackle something as intense may be still a little bit leery about it. What can you say? Uh, I will address that, but I also wanted to backstep a second because you brought something up that's, um, about, uh, CrossFit being co-founded by a woman. Yeah. I, that's not insignificant. And one of the things that we found early on is that we were able to make women stronger than average men ever. Uh Yes. Like, and like part of our popularity was became like we would have navy seals do yeah. workouts besides our little trainer girls yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and yeah. i say little because at the times a lot of them were very petite and yeah. very in shape and very strong and outperforming people who are very athletic yeah. and yeah. so i think for women you know it, it crossfit really has empowered women in yeah. in the world of fitness and um i think it, it kind of changed a d- dynamic that it's a game. And I'm glad you, we, we, you know, we're going to spend a little bit of time on that is because I feel also when I, you know, I brought up that I used to tra- be a trainer in Gold's Gym. I remember um, women shying away from weightlifting because they felt that um, it wasn't feminine <laughs> enough, number one, or number two, that it would bulk them up to a point where they would look more masculine or whatnot. And now that we obviously, I think, are all more educated in what um, muscle building really is and looks like, especially for women over a certain age, it's more important than ever that you right. build that muscle mass. And I'm realizing that now in my own health journey, where it's like, oh my God, I've been doing all of the wrong things for such a long time. And I'm going to, I'm in, I'm in my forties, I'm going to be 44 in the summer. And I, I have no shame in my age game. Um, but I'm feeling, um, the importance of, building muscle. So to your point, um, I think, you know, it is a fair testament to say that CrossFit changed the game for women and also to incorporate it into their daily lives as, you know, and yeah, I've seen, um, you know, like I have my sister-in-law, uh, and I have a cousin who can lift weights and, you know, no, very few men (laughs) can, you know, challenge them. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It is exciting. And it's really great to see, you know, the, uh, feminine aesthetic change, you know, in the, in the early nineties, like, you know, talking about women, not just weightlifting, but like Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. We were crazy. I mean, we were crazy people, you know, because 
everything was aerobics for women yeah. <laughs> then. And, you know, I mean, some bodybuilding with lightweight, you know, dumbbells yeah, yeah, and yeah. a very skinny, um, low muscled physique was what was um, considered attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we blew that out of the, I almost said a bad word, out of the water. <laughs> and you can okay. on the podcast. podcast yes, I, I meant to ask. <laughs> 100 i'm a i'm a i'm a truck driver here when it comes yes to okay food. good me too i grew up in philadelphia so i can't help it <laughs> go for it no right. but it's it's really really important um you know to to see and to know that that's kind of like the premise of where this um really stemmed from and how it has sustained throughout years of people who have continued to work out, you know, in a CrossFit type of environment. Um, because again, I think the, what we're chasing, not, it's not so much any, anymore the, um, the physicality, but it is the ability. Ability. Which there's, there's a huge difference, right? Oh, um, completely, yeah. Yeah. completely. And that is one of the most significant things about CrossFit. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's about function. Yeah. Function before form, yeah. you know, before. And I love that. Yeah. And I love that because again, you're, you're blurring the lines between, you know, what is beautiful or what is, you know, it's everyone's perspective of what a beautiful physique should look like. Um, and I know of, you know, many women in my circle who look incredible, but couldn't, <laughs> outperform or couldn't lift a five pound weight um and not in a competition setting but just they just couldn't do it for the life of them just because they're not healthy enough to do so right right so um to your that, point yeah that totally yeah. ties into the whole self-defense you know like being capable yeah and being prepared physically Correct. for whatever may happen is critical for you know just surviving a healthy life yeah no um, and, which brings me to why i wanted to have this conversation specifically in this time um you know you're in philadelphia we are in the new york city tri-state area the the crime rate has um risen within the past year in a way that um i only remember new york city being like this when i was a kid like i can't remember it ever being so bad the conversations that we have here in office are i no longer commute because i feel uh unsafe um and i will drive wherever because lord help me after it gets dark if i'm gonna get on a subway I am kind of doomed. Um, and you are on a mission to help empower women in a different way. Uh, now, not just through their physique, but to also to be able to uh, be prepared, as you say, um, because I think we think we know, or I think that we think we, <laughs> but I don't we know. Don't. We, do. <laughs> we don't, we don't know. I mean, and that's one of the things um, about, you know, self-defense is, or let, let's put it even in a different term bad things happen a hundred percent yeah they do yes you know they happen and it's unfortunate it's sad but when they happen you don't want to be in a position where you're so freaked out that you freeze and actually become more of a victim yeah and it's impossible to have that skill set without practicing it yeah um and, and i i want to Actually, I want to go back and kind of answer your question because it ties in like we, when you talk about people who are not quite ready, mm -hmm. something like CrossFit. Mm -hmm. um, that's where my other um, 
fitness concept came from basically yeah. um, that's manifest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I realized that the bulk of the population are not trying to achieve elite fitness status. Yeah. They want to be healthy. Yeah, and there's yeah. really, there's nothing out there that really addresses that from the, from the perspective that I have as, as, as a co-founder of CrossFit, what I know about exercise and nutrition and, yeah. and um, behavioral science. And so I kind of co combined all those things into this new concept to, because really, the, I, and I talked to my jujitsu coach about this all the time. And it's funny because people say it and I've been saying it for a while. It's like, you know, just show up. Yeah is my advice there. Cause yeah. that's, if you just show up, yeah. that's the first, that's it. And it's, that could be terribly hard, especially yeah. if you're suffering depression, yeah. anxiety, you know, all of when that. I was reading about your uh, manifest or be manifest website. I couldn't help, but relate to your why. And, and this is why I myself and I've shared this publicly, you know, I've gone through an overhaul, um, health journey holistically. I've uh, dropped almost 60 pounds over the past wow. year and a half. Awesome. Um, you know, that COVID weight was real. Like oh, I, yeah. had gained, I had gained so much weight throughout 2020 that um, I literally just had this conversation a few hours ago with someone where I, I remember getting on the scale and not even understanding how this happened. Like, it was just like, oh my God. But then what do I do now, right? Like, what do I do with the fact that I'm aware of it? Um, that it needs to change because my husband and I both went through uh, doctors and it was kind of like we decided this is do or die. We have to um, uh, address our health uh, because we're not getting, not only are we, are we not getting any younger, we're not getting any healthier, right? This is something has to give and something has to change. Yeah, but yeah. with your platform, you go into um, nutrition and exercise based on lab work, which is so critical and important to real health benefits, which I don't think a lot of people, I think people are starting to get the gist of this now. And it took right. kind of like this long to understand that because we're constantly comparing ourselves. Okay. So this workout worked for, or this system worked for this person, right? So it has to work for me, but it's my not physiology like is completely different than yours. So can right. you speak to a little bit about the concept, um, how you even came to it um, and why I believe it's going to be an even bigger game changer to how we address our, our health? Well, I spent a long time after I left CrossFit, you know, obviously that was not easy for me. It was my whole life for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and I spent a lot of time just contemplating what's wrong. Yeah. You know, what, what, like, cause I realized like what Greg and I set out to do wasn't really about the CrossFit games, yeah. which kind of launched CrossFit into this big, you know, popularity, um, cycle. And we, the, the people who we initially really wanted to help are average people with who have health concerns because we know how to fix those concerns. And so I was like, there's, there's something wrong. There's something not wrong, but there's something, there needs to be something else. Um, and I went through and I thought about everything that's wrong with traditional gym models, current gym models, um, diet, exercise programs. Like I just, I mean, I probably over three years formulated these ideas. And the thing that 
I realized is that for people, one, you, you touch on a good thing. You need people, people who are at a point where they know they have to make a change. Yeah. That's where, you know, manifest comes into play. Like yeah. I need to do something and I'm not sure how. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing you need a will you want to change. The yeah. second thing is you've got to see results, yeah. meaningful results and not a number on a scale because yeah. the number on the scale is bullshit. Yeah. You mean you're gaining muscle, losing muscle. Look you know where I'm at and I'm, and I'm questioning my existence over, over the past year, which is like, is it weight gain? Is it muscle? Like, I don't, right. I don't. And so I wanted to take that out of the picture because really it should be out of the picture. Yeah. It's really um, something that has been programmed, especially in women's minds. And as much as I understand this and know I suffer it, yeah. I have scale phobia, you know, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. I hate it because yeah. I know yeah. better, but I have it because that's what we were given as women. Yeah. This, yeah. So, um, but so I was like, what can we do? What can we look at to actually show improvement in a real way that has to do with your health? And um, that's when I started thinking about lab work. And the crazy thing is this was a theory of mine. I didn't know how significant it would play out, but um, I started testing this with a small group of people in my home when I live in, in Scottsdale, which is actually where I am right now. Okay. Um, and we, everybody I started with, we started with taking, getting blood draws for um, their triglycerides, HDLs, and the glucose, fasting glucose. And I did not know that if you tested a month later, you would actually see dramatic results because usually you get those tests once a year, maybe yeah. twice a year if you're sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, let's, well, it was kind of crazy because there in, in Arizona at that time, there was um, a company called Theranos, which is kind of become notorious now for other things, but Walgreens offered this cool program where you would get quick results. Yeah. So we weren't even waiting for lab processing times yeah. and literally in 30 days, well, everybody that we, we worked with, amazing, life-changing differences in their lab work. Yeah. And like one person, like, because there's certain indicators that really, um, there's a ratio of HDLs to, um, oh God, I'm gonna be stupid here for a second and forget my own formula, but <laughs> between those things that, that you can, it will tell, uh, HDLs to triglycerides is a ratio yeah. that, is a is the most significant predictor of the presence of chronic disease or the likelihood of you know becoming chronically ill okay. and that's um it's a very simple number it's not what doctors look at so it's pe people are like well you're not a doctor why would you be looking at those numbers they're like because there's science yeah that shows that that's a big correlator so we look at that ratio and and if, basically if that ratio is over one you're at risk. Yeah. If it's under one, you're not. You're not. And, you know, it, it's hard for me as, you know, because I'm not a doctor, it, it, it's hard to, ex people don't believe that yeah. reality. But I'll tell you what, in 30 days of doing, you know, doing the right steps for you as an individual, not a specific program, yeah. and seeing those numbers change, completely motivating. 
Well, and, and I want to speak to this specifically because I think that, you know, I'm, I am currently, you know, now in the stage that I'm at in my life, obsessed with feeling healthier, getting healthier and avoiding chronic illnesses that are genetic in my, in my realm, right? Like there's cancer, there's diabetes, there's heart disease. Um, obviously there are things that you can't, you know, it is what it is. Your genetics are kind of like predisposed, et cetera. However, I know diabetes can be changed by diet. And that, that to me, uh, and cancer obviously can be avoided. I, I was, um, obviously I've done a ton of research, you know, my, after my father passed away from colon cancer, um, this is all I do now is, you know, how to prevent, how to avoid, what do I need to be eating? What do I need to be doing? How much should I be sleeping? How, because ultimately that is what I feel we should all be pursuing as opposed to if I weigh under, you know, but, or between yes. Here's part of the problem there. And I'm yeah. sure you've encountered this because you're a smart woman and you're doing research and you know, you're motivated. What do you believe? There's so much bullshit out there. Yeah, there is. Or we will take a doctor's word for it over, you know, I, which, I have, yeah, which is not, you know, it sometimes is not um, in your best interest just because it goes against, you know, even what you, what you believe uh, to your point. Um, I, have learned, especially over the past year, that we are all wired um, in a way that we know what is best. Like we know, we feel it instinctively. I think Jeanette, you know, we get a gut feeling. Um, I knew when I had like my little wake up call over a year ago, I knew that something was off. I could feel it. I could sense it. Um, and therefore, you know, when I came to that realization, I was like, okay, well now we have to really, and now the thing is after you get lab results, after you get things on paper, you can't unsee it. So, no, totally. so, so you, you're like, okay, it's not like I didn't know. I literally am seeing it right here. Right. Yeah. So and those changes are very real. Like yes. you see like, okay, if your trend is going down, if it's going up, you know, it's exactly. really, exactly. it's easy to understand. Yeah. You're like, exactly. what have I been doing to make these numbers not good? Correct. And then, and, and part of the whole manifest concept is recording what you're eating and doing. So you could actually go back and look. Yeah. We remember selectively, even what we eat. If I asked you what you ate last week, you probably wouldn't, unless you've really regimented, some people yeah. are, wouldn't know what you ate exactly. exactly what you ate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you get to chart and, and, and become aware. Cause I think that charting it's tedious and annoying, but it is telling, you know, if you feel particularly good, hmm, well, what did I eat yesterday? Or what was my last meal? Or if you feel particularly shitty, you know, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I walked into the office this morning and I told her, cause I'm lactose intolerant. I told the girls, girls, I'm, I'm, I may, I did it yesterday. I had ice cream. I'm sorry. I had, <laughs> I had ice cream. Shouldn't have had it. Um, incredibly. I feel, um, really good today, but I worked out this morning. Like I started my day with it from a clean slate. Um, but my stomach doesn't feel so hot, right? Like I feel it in my gut, it's bothering me. Um, right. and therefore you, but again, we know, and I know because now I, you know, I have data that has proven that, you know, dairy isn't good for me and why I shouldn't be consuming it. And therefore, so to your point, tracking is an incredible, I mean, I journal every day. 
Um, so it shouldn't take me more than two, three more seconds to actually journal the amount of, you know, the food that I'm yeah. eating and whatnot. So what is your end goal, you know, with all of this, because you, you went from, you know, changing the perception of, um, weightlifting and weight training, uh, from, uh, you know, aesthetics to ability, which I love that. I think that, you know, if we, more people got on board with, um, you know, really telling people that it's not about the look, but the feel. Um, the look is kind of like the after effects, like you're going to get the benefits of the look regardless, because right. you're going to exactly it it, that part's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now with this new concept and, and um, you know, the ability to be able to track and kind of, I, I want to get rid like, so the it's an app. Is it, a, it's an app. I'm, I, so, yes. Okay. I am in the, okay. Pre COVID <laughs> <laughs> everything, right? I know this is like um, it's ACBC pre COVID, post COVID. I get it. I get it. It's so <laughs> annoying. Um, I was in the process of developing and we were pretty much, we were launching an app that I had been developing, but I, I want to be clear. Manifest isn't an app. Okay. And I think part, I, I had some business hiccups in getting people to understand, even my developers and my, the people I was working with, this isn't an app. If you pr promote it as an app, nobody's going to do it because it's going to cost money, Yeah. you know, and, and because it's a service manifest as a service, you get, you know, you have somebody, a person, a, co a facilitator, we call them to is gets to know you and works with you. I mean, so it's a, it's a service um, that uses an app to track what you're doing and to provide information and to be able to communicate with your facilitator. Um, because one of the keys to success in, in all of this is accountability. Of course, yeah. Like I have to be certain things, like you gotta show up, you gotta record, you gotta be accountable to somebody. It's, those are things that have to exist to, to, to in order for you to and, see great results. And that, and that is a fact, and I know, I know this for myself, I couldn't have done the process. Um, my husband and I decided to do it together and right. we would hold each other accountable. And this day you did this and, you know, and remember, and I saw you and I'm looking at you, what are you doing? That's like the third bite, like put it down, you know? So it's very helpful to have someone that can help you and support you along the way for sure. And that brings, you said something earlier, like, oh, the ice cream or whatever. Yeah. One of the, and, and what am I, what's the goal here, you know, in developing manifest. Oh, by the way, so there, it was going with the, the pre COVID post COVID. There was a point during COVID where I stopped yeah. developing. I, I'm, I'm not actively pursuing this company. Mm -hmm. It's, it's there. Yeah. And it needs to be fleshed out. It needs to, it needs participants. It needs life, yeah. but I got overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I need a break. I'm putting yeah. everything on hold for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of business-wise where, where I'm at. But um, one of the things that really came out of the several years of experimenting with the concept is that was most significant to people is there's this horrible problem in our society of food shaming. Yeah. And one of the things, I mean, there's body shaming, you know, with self hate hating voices and our you know there's these things we need to overcome but food the thing that keeps us alive and gives us such joy 
people feel guilty when they eat and sometimes for the for really stupid reasons yeah. and and one of the things we really try to do is erase food shaming yeah yeah you had ice cream cool yeah. i hope it was great you know it was delicious <laughs> it's like correlating it was delicious you enjoyed it but you know there's a consequence of course and, and, and i did that knowingly but right. but and, and to the see i think that unless you've actually um gone through some sort of regimen uh and i can tell you this just from my own experience is i actually have so much more respect for food than i used to because now i seek it for health and nutrition and fuel, as opposed to um, what I used to seek it for, which was comfort and indulgence and um, and numbing, because we know that sugar can do that to you. Like it could just produce um, the same cortisol, I don't know if it's cortisol yeah. or whatever, that the same high that a drug would. And Absolutely. that is why I sought it because, you know, I was like, okay, well, it looks like an apple pie kind of day for me. Um, cause I had a crappy day or whatever. Um, but now I know because depending on the ingredients, depending on what I'm eating, um, I tend to feel better, feel worse. Um, so it's right. so important to really understand what works for me as an individual, absolutely, um, which is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and also in that, what your end goal is, yeah. not everybody's goals are the same, yeah. you know, and, and you really have to take like, so that was one of the things with developing manifest is like, I wanted to be able to create a million me's somebody yeah. who knows what I know, yeah. who could facilitate and work with people. Um, because I can, I can glean information from you um, to know what you actually want. Yeah. I can listen. You know, I have a skill set. Like you may, you know, have health concern. Like you have, you have pre, you're predisposed to certain yeah. chronic diseases. Yeah. I can pick up on all those things and and distill from that information what it is the path basically you need to be on. Correct. Now, the next part is you know, that working of course. and that's, you know, yeah. yeah and, and that's, and, and I think to that end though, I think that we're still, um, you know, cause you mentioned also a couple of things before, um, we're preconditioned to fit a mold. We're preconditioned to go by a scale and we're also preconditioned to think that there's like this magic pill, right? Like there is right. there's either a pill or the, or to your, this program that is literally going to get me. Um, and it can be, but it has to be based on your, uh, by like your lab work, your results, um, and your ability to eat, digest properly, you know, and to consume those foods that will eventually help you obtain, um, your, your, your healthiest version of yourself, um, right. which is now what I know, but it took, you know, a lot of us still don't want to do the work and, um, people don't want to do the work Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, yeah. but really one of those, one of another significant things that I encounter is that sometimes people are not realistic or no, that's the wrong way. People are not being honest with themselves or they're other people, their coaches, trainers, whatever, about what their goals actually are. They give goals that they think they should have. 
Yeah. I need to lose 20 pounds yeah. when really they're like, my life sucks. I'm depressed. I, you know, he, it, yeah, 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 so, yeah. you know, facilitators job is to kind of delve in and understand. Yeah. We're going to spout out. I want to lose 20 pounds, whatever. That goal number sounds is. good. Yeah. It's yeah. socially acceptable. There's another goal. There's yeah. something else. And, and you really have to get to the honest point, the thing that touches you yeah. to, because until you get there, it's too hard to make changes based on bullshit. Yeah. But if it's all, like, I know I'm going to die of type two diabetes and I'm terrified. I'm motivated to not. That is do what that. got me off my ass off the couch. I was like, what cancer? Yeah. What, what, what did you say? Like, uh, uh, yeah. nope. let me get. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. another thing too that, that gets missed and we're kind of off the topic of um, self-defense, but I love it. Um, <laughs> because it all ties in. Yes. Um, yeah. Goals change over time. Yeah. So you might, you might go from being fearful of chronic disease to becoming completely not at no risk yeah. in terms of your blood work and what yeah. you're doing to now, Oh, I want, you know, I want to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. Completely different goal. Yeah. It's a whole different path. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like really, there, I think there's so much about accepting yeah. and being okay and comfortable. Okay. Here I am in this situation. I know I need to change no guilt, all the bullshit. We really have to work on that negative voice and the things telling you you can't or, you know, and recognizing that, yeah, sugar's an addictive substance. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Took me a long time. I still have my little relapse here and there, but um, nothing like I used to. However, um, to your point of going back to self-defense, I don't think you can really, you know, be in a position to defend yourself if you're not in a, in the right frame of mind to do so. So can you share with us, you know, maybe, um, you know, either a few things that we could do right now to, um, trigger our awareness, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, there's a lot of anxiety and frustration, uh, and fear, like real fear, amongst women specifically, I think in the general public here in the East Coast of what um, could potentially happen. You know, I never, I live in New Jersey. Um, I don't feel, you know, uh, that anxiety uh, that may, many people feel in, but when I am in the city, I do, I am looking over my shoulder more than I should or would have, you know, six months ago. I am a little bit concerned with taking a subway because, you hear at least once a week, someone's getting pushed off a, a pot. It's like, what do you do? What can you do? Right. So I, I, I see, see this as a, something wonderful about my life. I grew up in a shitty neighborhood. <laughs> I grew up in a very racially charged world in Philadelphia, you know, in the seventies, eighties. I mean, there was every kind of crack epidemic, bad cops. I mean, everything was wrong. You know, um, I experienced so much and just by nature, I learned things. Um, and one of the, I mean, one of the biggest things I learned is to avoid conflict. You know, when I, you know, so that's the first thing you don't want to get 
there. Yeah. Sometimes it comes to you and you're there, you know, but you want to try to avoid those situations. Um, spatial and environmental awareness. And it's really interesting that you're bringing up this, this new wave of um, fear and it's, it's a thing. Okay. So I live in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. When I moved there, it was like the nicest, most family friendly place. Now, I mean, I'm, I am literally afraid to go out at night. Wow. And so I've had, like, I've taught my kids a lot of what I know, but I constantly have to reiterate these things. And one of the, we, I had an incident in the airport coming out here somebody was, and I'm, I, sometimes I sound crazy. Like you say, looking over your shoulder too much. You can't yeah. look over your shoulder too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there's bad people. And so I, I felt somebody yeah. because, and I know this because I grew up, I, I know. And it's like, you, how do you teach somebody who doesn't know? I grew up, like I've been followed. I've been stalked. I've been, you know, and so you learn defense mechanisms. Like I learned to act crazy. If I felt like I was being potentially being threatened, yeah. somebody's going to try to grab me. I yeah. go on the middle of the street. Ah, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. So I love don't, don't look like a victim. I think because, yeah. because yeah. predators, whatever they are, are going to go after people who look like they are not paying attention. Yeah. They're weak. Yeah. They're female. Yeah. Um, so you, there's, so there's a spatial awareness, what's going on, who's, who's around you at all times. Mm -hmm. And then your own demeanor. Yeah. and stance and sense of power. Yeah. And this is where, you know, the fitness and everything ties in to the, you need the fitness and you need the strength, you need all of that, but you also have to be confident in yourself that if somebody was to grab you, you know what to do. Of course. And, and, and so it's like, we don't practice that. We don't practice, um, we don't have in our, most people in our muscle memory, what to do if somebody grabs you, or if you're in this situation, you know, how to, you know, punch somebody if yeah, you need yeah, to, yeah. um, you know, and these are very unfortunate situations, but it should be muscle memory. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and it needs to be practiced. So, I mean, that's kind of my point here is, you know, not everybody wants to be a martial artist, but knowing, um, some basics of striking of wrestling, of jujitsu um, will give you the confidence and awareness and because you know, like, okay, I might not, it might not work. The person might be three times my size and yeah, I'm going to get crushed. Yeah. But at least, you know, because when you don't, when you're not prepared, the fear could be what is the, the fear will cripple you a hundred percent. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention about that, that I really stress with my kids, well, when I'm talking about my kids and them being involved in jujitsu particularly, yeah. Yeah. is not being contact adverse. Because I think for a lot of people, they're not used to being touched or their space being violated. Yeah. And that will, and that makes you, can paralyze you completely. Yeah. Um, in contact sports like wrestling or jujitsu, you're, very comfortable. Yeah. Cause it's, it's happening. And it's funny that you bring that up. I mean, it's interesting you bring it up just because I, um, <laughs> I grew up in martial arts. Uh, I took karate when I was younger. Um, but I knew enough as after becoming a mother to make my kids, um, 
you know, we live in a bubble. We live in a neighborhood where uh, nothing happens. Like, I think the worst thing that could happen is like somebody's dog, somebody's dog escaped or whatever. Thank Jesus, you know. However, um, because of how I, I grew up in the Dominican Republic, very crazy, just like very crazy, violent, a lot of um, uh, robbing, holding up of people. Um, I have family that when they come here, I have to tell them, can you chill out? It's not, you're not back home. You know, like you don't have to lock the door the minute that you walk into the, you know, you, you get into the car, um, high anxiety. Like that's just how I grew up. So my level of, I thought my level of awareness was there until um, I actually went back to the DR um, on a trip and I was with my mom and um, we were getting robbed and I froze. I, however, my mother, who is my, I guess the mom instinct kicked in, all I could do was, yeah, all I could do was scream. And, but I froze, I physically froze and couldn't, like my feet wouldn't move because I was just in shock that this was actually real and happening. Um, and from that moment on, I made myself, you know, to, you know, force myself. I actually got enrolled into uh, a martial arts school because you, I'm like, this can't happen to me again. I'm right. a grown ass woman. Like this cannot. Yeah. And I, I need to be the one defending my mother, not my mother defending me, you know? Um, so to your point, how can, um, either people reach out to you, learn more, um, because this is something that I feel every woman, man, anyone should feel empowered enough to do for themselves. I'll be biased here. Um, <laughs> I think especially for women, um, ideally you're, you're a well-rounded martial artist in some ways, but because women get raped, and yeah. people on top of them who are heavier yeah. than them. Yeah. Um, Jiu-jitsu is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, I feel mm -hmm. it's it's if you can get there, all martial arts can be intimidating, but jujitsu is not necessarily because it's it's such a process. It's something yeah. that no, it's not. You're not going to learn everything day one. If if you can realize that, and it's going to be really hard in the beginning, but if you practice it, it gets better and better and better and it teaches a lot of the things you need to know um, about self-defense. Now, not about fighting necessarily, um, but I think it's an easy way for people to get involved in martial arts that is, is kind of well-rounded yeah. for self-defense purposes. Um, I think there's also striking classes out there, you know, yeah. and they're, Probably very fun you know it's like learning to punch is fun yeah. you know, jiu-jitsu for me fun. is really fun not everybody will think jiu-jitsu is fun but um you know just you know find in somebody in your community uh, you know go check out some schools and I, I mean honestly my entire life and my kids life the heart of it is our jiu-jitsu school I mean my coach is my friend you know, somebody I care about, my kids are family, they're like his kids, you know, he loves them. The, the, and I think maybe that's what's kind of special about jujitsu is those communities. Yeah. And if you can tap into one that um, works for you, that fixes so much of the bullshit that makes working out hard. Because yeah. you have, you love being there, you love the people involved. It's continually invigorating mentally. Yeah. Um, and you feel, you know, you get your get ranked up, you know, all the, the, you know, kind of reinforcing things that keep you motivated or exist. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, show up at a jujitsu place or some place that teach striking or wrestling and just start. Yeah. I am really, really fascinated by our conversation. I think I could talk to you for days. I feel like, um, you know, because I feel like as a woman who is um, learning, right, the importance of all of these aspects to ultimately just live a well-rounded life, um, you know, you need to know these things. You need to be in constant exposure of these things to kind of like let it really uh seep yes. into you mentally so that it functions like you just said like muscle memory and you, muscle it's, memory it's there um yeah. how can people learn more about you know what you offer about mani- the manifest community itself uh share with our listeners so that they can then tap into uh what can potentially be not just a life-saving tool but um you know an, a life enabling tool just to live a healthier life yeah i think that they're saying right now um people can email me yeah um, which is nice because I'm not super busy. And so I, we're at this level, I can really be hands-on awesome. and that is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N-J at bmanifest.com. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear from folks. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for your time. I commend you for everything that you have um, accomplished and helped really kind of just elevate and change the way that women especially uh, look at exercise and fitness in a, in a more uh, attainable way. And right. I so appreciate your time with us today. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking with you. Okay.